from the creepy swamps deep in the heart of Cajun country, I welcome you to Fave Five from Fans, the podcast where I, Jamie Ray, your humble host, invite a friend of mine or two to create a list of five of their favorite things that we have a shared interest in, be it movies, books, TVs, toys, or really whatever. Our own unique Venn diagram of topics near and dear to our hearts. We then sit down across from each other or zoom across the interwebs to compare and contrast, dissect and disseminate our choices for you, the listening audience. We'll start off with honorable mentions, those selections that just didn't make the Fave Five for good reasons or bad ones. And then we'll take our turns unveiling our choices backwards from five, four, three, two, and one. You'll hear us discussing everything from alien invasions to zombie attacks, Rom the Space Knight to spooky destinations, Edgar Allan Poe to Stephen King, both literature and film adaptations. And then all that's left is for you to decide who's right, who's wrong, and will we still be friends after all this? I can't wait to get started, so please sit back, strap in, and get ready for this episode of Faye Five from Fans. Greetings and felicitations, podcast universe. Okay, guys, get ready, because this is the top of my Christmas list, the number one thing I want for my birthday. And if I had a bar mitzvah, it would be on that list too. I am thrilled to be bringing you two of my all-time favorite podcasting people in the world. You've heard Phantom Dark Dave on here before. Today, I bring you Hope and George from Fright Club. Hello. Hey, we're really excited. We are really excited. Yeah, for the chance to thanks be for the invite. You. Oh, God, no. Thank y'all so much for agreeing to be on my little show. Sure. You guys and Phantom Dark Dave are the reason that I do what I do. Oh, uh, that's so great. I love, I even love the old shows that you don't <laughs> like. <laughs> even. <laughs> <laughs> even just the other day. Because yeah. <laughs> they're, they're a little rough. Yeah, a little rough. <laughs> Well, to be, you know, to be completely honest, I, I started listening to y'all show and it was, it, it, it literally, it just spoke to me and I loved the fact that you do it. And I, it made me think, you know, maybe I have some things that I could share with people yeah. too, you know? And so I, I started the show and then I've had Dave, Phantom Dark Dave on here before, and he's become a good friend and a, a great mentor. And now I get to have you guys. So oh, I'm so excited. Hey. I do. I mean, I really enjoy your show. I like, you know, ours Fright Club is very specific. It's always horror. And I like that yours dips in that. But also you just, you know, I like the one on like, you had like 1970s superhero TV shows the one time, which I thought was very funny, which was really very much up George's alley. Um, You know, and and then I love the Carpenter episode, the John Carpenter episode. I thought that was great. But I mean, I I like the way that you zig and zag around. So it's not, you know, you never know what you're going to get the next time, which is a lot of fun. Well, thank you. I, I do. I have I have a lot of interests. My wife would probably say too many, but <laughs> okay. it makes for uh, interesting conversations. So like this week, uh, we just released uh, a, a show on Psych from the USA Network. I saw and, that because you were teasing it and I, I didn't know. We've never seen that show, but you, uh, it's funny. I was saying that to George when I when I, I'm like, oh, it's, it's one on Psych. Our, <laughs> our niece, who just turned 13, is obsessed with that show and has gone back and watched all the old episodes. And I'm like, really? That's odd, but <laughs> it's a it's great show odd. with a lot of humor and a lot of cultural references. So I'm told Tim Curry is in it sometimes. Um, 
He has been, yes. And then Kurt Smith from Tears from Fears is in it a lot. Oh, you know? Wow. So, okay. Yeah, as himself. So. <laughs> All right. So it's a great, great show. So what do you ha- guys have going on there in the big Ohio? <laughs> oh, wow. Well, we, uh, of course, our big news here lately is that uh, Big Ten football is back. So uh, <laughs> oh, we can do a podcast right. on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let me, let me go get my wife. If she could talk <laughs> about the American football that you play. That's been, uh, that's been the big thing this week. But as far as us, we've got the two podcasts. You know, like you mentioned, we have Fright Club, which we do twice a month. And then we have a weekly podcast called The Screening Room where we just talk about all the new um, movies that are out that week, regardless of genre and try to give them quick, quick reviews. So that's uh, if my math is right. And it seldom is that's six podcasts a month. So that yeah. keeps us hopping. Yeah. Ooh, I bet it. Film critics, generally speaking, that's what we mm-hmm. do. And we have a, a website, madwolf.com two D's. So that's where you can go. If you wanted to just read up on all of the new releases every week, but then, yeah. And then we, we cover them. Um, sometimes really quickly because we had 17 last week. So Ooh, gosh. they get like a minute apiece. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we don't have time to watch TV shows like Sight. Yeah. <laughs> Watching movies. Yeah. Who needs sleep? <laughs> yeah. Between that and, and, and day jobs, um, it's, it, it keeps us pretty busy. <laughs> and you're the golden voice of a radio station there, right? Well, I, I do work at, a, we have four radio stations here uh, in Columbus, Ohio. Um, yeah. Work there. That's my day job. And then, Hope is a freelance writer and editor. Yeah. Awesome. So that's awesome. Our, that's our bag. Yeah. They can listen to you. You can listen to your radio station online, Rewind Columbus. Yeah. I think they've been doing some tinkering to that stream. I don't know how far out it can go. Um, but uh, yeah, it's a, it's got an online stream. Uh, rewindcolumbus.com is my, uh, my main station I'm on. It's basically 80s, 90s, some 70s music too. Classic hits, as they say. Grand <laughs> Duran Duran, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just saw the Funko Duran Duran's came out this week. Oh, the Funko. <laughs> I see a Christmas wish list. <laughs> <laughs> I had to take my wife was shopping in another place, so I took pictures of all of them because she's a huge Nick Rhodes fan. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, I have a twin sister, Joy, and she got Nick Rhodes. I have John Taylor because that's uh-huh. Thinking. <laughs> yeah. I'm an Andy Taylor guy. What can I say? Okay. <laughs> right. You're the one. I'm the one. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> yeah. Year, years ago, years ago, it was probably the highlight of my career in radio from her pr- perspective. I was able to get her backstage to meet Duran Duran. So I think Ooh. that was the, the top of the, yeah. the mountain. Yeah. Was- mm, wow. Well, it's, you know, <laughs> she's still with you. So you're doing something right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wow. Well, great. Well, um, oh, I could do the whole podcast just talking to y'all, but we do have a topic that we brought up and um, it's fave five killer towns. And so we love horror movies and we always talk about the killers or the movie. And this time we kind of decided we wanted to talk about the actual destination, the places where these things happen. And so I sent you guys out a request and you graciously accepted. So I believe if y'all are ready, we can get started with your honorable mention Sure. and lay it out for us. First, I want to say I love this topic and we're both a little irritated. We never thought of it. (laughs) It's it's a great idea. We love this topic. Um, And our honorable mention is Evan City. From Dawn of the Dead, or excuse me, from Night of the Living Dead. 
Oh, good one. Um, it's, uh, you know, the that cemetery. Of course, they're driving and driving. They finally get to this cemetery. That's Evan City Cemetery. And it's such a, a, just a brilliant, perfect way to open that movie. You know, it's such an iconic setting. And then to just, uh, as the whole movie unfolds, and it was actually set in, in fact, Evan City, Pennsylvania. It's it's filmed in and around, um, which is, yeah, it's a, it's a mm-hmm. suburb of Pittsburgh. And um, it just made for such a, a perfect location. And I love that he didn't change the city. He didn't fictionalize it. He just used the name of the town. So yeah, we um, we wanted to give that some props to that. Yeah, it's hard to think anything from Night of the Living Dead would be an honorable mention. <laughs> but that just shows you there's some good ones here coming up. But yeah. uh, that, that's a goodie. That's a goodie to start with. That is a good one. I recently just heard uh, a guy who was from that area talking about the fact when he saw the movie and knew all the little towns and everything. He was like, oh, my God, I know that place. It's just down the street. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's funny because Romero shot most of his films in and around Pittsburgh because there's uh, some great tax um, incentives to film. And he's from there, but to film in Pennsylvania. And so um, but we being from Ohio. We just always say that you film there because that's where the apocalypse that already looks like. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that is a great one. And I'm very excited to hear the rest of your list. If that's your honorable mention. Right. Right. (laughs) So my honorable mentions, I have two. And the first one is on here because it's not really a town, but it is a location. And I had to talk about it. I'm talking about outpost 31 down in the Antarctic from the thing. Oh, oh sure. yeah. 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 That's I great. Mean, that is just such an amazing place. What Carpenter did with that, the, 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 the atmosphere, you know, the, the, the paranoia that he built in there. And it's just a way that they took that wide open space and made it feel like a teeny tiny place. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, because really the outpost itself becomes another character. It does. It does. Yes. Yes. And, and it, it, it had everything. So it kind of fits like a little town. Yeah. So that gets my number and 12 people were killed there. So not necessarily going to talk about uh, the more people killed, the better of a killer town it is, but you know, you get a little idea. <laughs> um, and this one is going to be a surprise, but my honorable mention number one is actually Springwood, Ohio. Yes. Home of Freddy Krueger. Yeah. That's right. That's you know? right. And F- Freddy spent a lot of time uh, in this town doing a lot of damage, uh, both on film and before he was, spoiler alert, horribly burned by the townspeople. <laughs> and including the reboot, it looks like Freddy killed almost 97 people. Wow. Yeah, you know, so you've got seven, eight different films for him to do his work. Yeah, and and I, if, I'm sorry, if memory serves, I don't think it was made specific that Springwood was in Ohio until the, the third, third one. film. Mm-hmm. They were a little ambiguous about it and then finally admitted that, uh, or identified Ohio as the setting in the third film. Yeah. That's next door to Springfield, where the Simpsons live. <laughs> well, yeah, it could be. There is no Springwood, Ohio. There is a Springfield. Springfield, Ohio. yeah, it's about forty-five minutes from us, I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah. But Springwood is fictional. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, awesome. Well, let's uh, jump back to you guys, and let me have your number five. I hope that I'm going to pronounce this correctly. <laughs> it's Hasling Land, uh, which is where Midsummer 
uh, the destination oh. midsummer. And I felt, I thought that, well, I mean, we both did that setting, that location, yeah. it, it, creates such an atmosphere for the movie, such a surreal atmosphere of like, everything is so beautiful and yet what's going on is so horrific. Mm. But you know, you see the characters sort of grappling with, well, is it really horrific? Are we just gonna, you know what I mean? It's the setting itself is so perfect for the way the characters are just completely befuddled by this combination of beauty and, and horror that's happening. And it's a, it's, it's a reminder to, a classic such as Texas Chainsaw Massacre in that everything is in the bright light, yeah, yeah. which you don't you don't associate with frightening things. And again, when they, when they first come, when the kids all first come, yeah, they're flowers and welcome and everything's great and they're taking mushrooms or whatever they're taking. <laughs> and then things slowly turn so so horrific. So uh, yeah, that's a that's a setting that uh, in the in the beginning betrays what is is going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and once you've got all that nature and everything going around you, you just feel like you're going to be at peace. And yeah. uh-huh. it, oh well, man, that's oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good one. Well, we're going to go from that nice uh, enveloping Mother Nature to the far reaches of space. Mm. We're going to go to the Exo Moon LV426 to the little community of Hadley's Hope. From oh, Aliens. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I, down. That yeah. is a great choice. I love it. Love your accent, you. baby. So 19 people, including a bunch of Marines, get killed in this film. But we don't think about the 157 colonists right. that are, you know, have also gone missing. So you've got almost 176 lives that were lost there. And it's... Just, I mean, when you get there, you've got the outside atmosphere, so you you pretty much have to be inside. And then you find out the critters that are in there with you and really want to get inside you. <laughs> so it's so that, just a... That may be the first time I've heard them referred to as critters, but, <laughs> but I like it. I like it. Well, son, if you get to shoot at it, it's a critter. (laughs) I loved what Cameron did with this place. Uh, You really did feel like the deeper you were going, the more into it, uh, that you couldn't come back out of it, you know, and and the ending when you're finally safe and she's not safe. I just, that's not a place I want to go back to. (laughs) I don't, I don't think the travel agents get too many people going out there. (laughs) All right, well, let's pop it back to your number four. Uh, for number four, here's, here's a classic, and it's it's one where the name sounds very touristy, but uh, it also doesn't give you a, a a clue into the horror that happens in Bodega Bay from the <laughs> Oh, that is a great one. And, of course, that was actually shot in Bodega Bay. I mean, right. that's, that's another thing that I liked about it is that um, you know, is that it, it, it didn't fictionalize the town, just like Romero. It's like, no, terrible shit can happen here. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. And it's such a, you know, I think a lot of times, not that many Hitchcock films, I think the, the location um, takes on such a, a, an important part of the film as, as it does in the birds, you know, because he does, other than that, you don't get that much that's outside in one specific setting. You know what I mean? That there's motion, there's movement, but I mean, here they're trapped in this one um, 
otherwise lovely and idyllic town with a whole bunch of birds. And um, and I've always been afraid of birds. I am terrified <laughs> of birds. And um, one of the things I love about this movie is that uh, they don't explain why, why the birds are behaving this way, which I think is so much scarier and um, and more realistic. I don't think we ever did. I mean, why, how would you figure it out? You wouldn't know. Right, right. No, you're so right. I just showed this film to Lily, uh, my 12-year-old, and she was uh, she was a little underwhelmed, but she's a very auditory person. So when you'd get those birds squawking and moving, I was I would look at her and she was focused on it. Mm-hmm. And afterwards, I like I asked her about it, and she was like, "Yeah, I just hope that never happens." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too, will. babe. <laughs> you know, I think it's funny that one of my favorite things about this movie is just how weird the people are, are. you know, and now at the, at the birthday party, you know, Tippy hundred and, and, um, and Rod Taylor walk all the way up this, this huge mountain with martinis in their yeah. <laughs> to look down at them. Like, first of all, you don't really drink martinis at a kid's party. Come on. And then it's like, they're just, they're all dressed up in heels. They're climbing a mountain with martinis. Mm-hmm. And then they're talking about having one or two more martinis and then driving home. I'm like, wow. <laughs> So, yeah, everybody knows you do tequila sunrises at birthday parties. Exactly. <laughs> I love how he used the whole island as its own character, especially yeah. that scene when after she drops the birds off and is then trying to get back across before. And he he, he spends a ton of time following the car as it drives mm-hmm. all the way around. You yeah. couldn't do that in a movie today. No. You know, oh, no. Producers would, that's money wasted. You know, let's <laughs> do some, move on to something else. <laughs> Well, it's funny that you bring up uh, Bodega Bay and its nice little island because my number four is also an island. But there is some discussion as to whether it was New England or New York. And I'm talking about the idyllic setting of Amity Island, home of Jaws. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, you know, there's been some confusion about it because uh, the movie actually takes place in New England. Uh, near Martha's Vineyard, which is you know close to Massachusetts, but Peter Benchley's island puts it in the Hamptons. So we're just going to call it Amity Island, um, with probably the worst mayor of all times. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Though I blame the citizens because in the Jaws two, it's been over th- almost three and a half years, and they've reelected him. Right. Yeah. If the attention span. Yeah. I'm going to blame gerrymandering or, or, or something. Like that. Yeah. There's your commercial to get people out to vote. You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's one that uh, I was actually uh, lucky enough. I, I, as a kid, we were vacationing in Martha's Vineyard uh, while around Martha's Vineyard while they were filming that movie. And so I did get to see a little bit of, uh, I saw a lot of people walking around the town with Jaws t-shirts on and we could see out in the water the the scaffold. The, we didn't actually see them rolling camera. We could see what was going on out there. It was very apparent to everyone in the area that they were filming a movie. Had no idea what what it would turn out to be. Mm-hmm. So so yeah, you're right. That was around uh, New Bedford, Massachusetts, Martha's Vineyard. And since I think the movie is, um, in by all accounts better than the book. We'll, we'll, we'll go, I think we'll go with the movie's location. At least that's, that's <laughs> all right. My vote. Yeah. <laughs> so, you, so, so Joe Hill may be wanting to talk to you about people you saw there. You, you've heard this story, right? With the cold case that he's worked up. Yeah. yeah. So he saw a, and I'll just real t- he saw um, a cold case on, I believe TV 
And he swears that one of the extras in the first Jaws is this woman. And he's like, it's going on for about two years now. And there he's trying to go through all of the records. The casting director has passed away since then, but they're pretty certain that this person was in this movie, but they can't come up with her name. Huh. So, so look it up. It's a, it's a, it's a weird story. I mean, Stephen King's son solving a cold case, you know? Wow. That, I had no idea. That's your, that's you're the first uh, to uh, tell us about that. That's very interesting. Yeah, it is. It's really neat. Um, so, Number three, guys, what you got? So, speaking of Stephen King. Yeah. And it seemed, I mean, it seems obvious that at some point there's going to be, because his, his, his films and books are so incredibly entrenched in their setting. But we picked Derry. Um, and Good pick. The first It, right? Because it's better than It, Chapter 2. Um, <laughs> well, we're not talking about, we're not talking about the TV version. No. The, the first part of the movie Double feature, I guess right. we'd say. Yeah. Um, yeah. Dairy. I mean, it's a great setting. And and Stephen King is always so, the, his stories are so great about that, about really bringing the, the location into the characters' behaviors, um, sort of their backstory, and of course, the limitations of where they can go and what they can accomplish. And um, Well, yeah, and in this, it's so much uh, a pivotal part of the story because this being, it comes to just to this town yeah. every you know uh, the time period the 27 year time period so yeah it's very much a, a part of uh, everything going on you can't just pick it up and move it somewhere else because the curse yeah. uh, is is in dairy yeah yeah right right the curse could be it, it is dairy right yeah you know. yeah yeah, yeah. And, and he's got this this way of creating this whole you know dairy castle rock um salem's right. yeah. whole area there were all of this stuff happens it's it's incredible the way he's woven that together it really is yeah and this the the first part of the the most recent uh, reboot was just really exceeded my expectations uh for for how well it could be done i mean they updated the time period a little bit which worked beautifully the, the, the cast of kids was great yeah yes. um, yeah it really really i think became of course, it's, we always knew it was going to be hard to outdo Tim Curry's um, Pennywise. Yeah. I'm not saying they outdid it, but boy, they did a, a they, really good job. They with did. They took, it in a, they took it in a good direction so that it wasn't like, a you know, it, you didn't compare the two so much. Right, know? right. And, and I thought Skarsgård was great. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it was really well done. Yep. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I actually agree so much <laughs> that that's my number three as All well. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And just to let you know, I did I did some calculations on those two films, part chapter one and two. Over five hundred and thirty-three people wow. were killed, and several dogs. You know, which uh, really is what is the worst thing. <laughs> no, it is uh, both. I remember reading the book uh, when I was much younger, and being disappointed by uh, the TV series. But as a kid you know, you're thinking all of this stuff is going to, and then when it gets on film, it, it doesn't meet what you've built in your own head, Oh, sure. you know, and it wasn't until this, this recent reboot came in that I really felt the depths of the horror yeah. uh, that I had, had seen in my head when reading those books. So I, I agree. They did an incredible job and uh, I will definitely take the long way around dairy. If I ever go. Yes. There. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
So let's go to your number two. <laughs> Our number two, and I, I feel like this might irritate people, um, but it, it's, it's still it's number two instead of number one for us. We just had in field. Oh, yeah. Um, you know what a quaint little town. Right. Yes. Which is actually, of course, Pasadena, California, which I think is funny. <laughs> um, but you know, they did a lovely job, I think, of of creating the atmosphere of the Midwest. It's supposed to be, of course, um, Illinois, and um, I think that that John Carpenter established something with Halloween in 1978, which is a suburban horror. You know, I think that not obviously the slasher, you know, he had an incredible impact on the template for the slasher uh, with that film because it was one of the the earliest and certainly one of the most successful early slashers. But um, beyond that, I think that he he is the one filmmaker to establish um, suburban horror. I think yes. that he put the boogeyman in this safe, the safety net of the suburbs, and it really hadn't been done before, certainly not this successfully, and, and not in a way that was so explicit about exploring that idea, that you feel like you're safe here, you're totally not safe here. And, and look how it continues to influence films today. I mean, the opening of Get Out, yeah. straight out of Halloween. It the, follows. It follows, yeah. straight out of Halloween. Yeah. It continues to be homaged over and over, yeah. and its its legs just continue. Oh, and then now we have the, we recently had the new reboot, the right. new sequel that picked up right, uh, right where the, the other, the uh, original film left off, and now we're going to have Halloween Kills here eventually. Right. Yeah. Sometime. <laughs> Uh, Waiting for that. Yeah. But the incredible, incredible legacy of that town that continues to be felt today. Yeah, I I, I so agree. And, you know, one of the greatest things about that first one is when it ended, you had no idea why he was doing what he was doing. And Mm -hmm. and that was one of the scariest things, because that means that he could have focused on anyone. Right. Yeah. 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 I agree. I agree so much (laughs) with those statements (laughs) that I also have chosen Haddonfield, Illinois, my number two. Yeah. Uh, You know, and over 162 kills. Uh, Of course, we've gotten two reboots and, you know, all those, the zombie films, which I love the first one. I won't talk about the second one, uh, but uh, <laughs> a lot of people, Micro Mars has uh, has done away with, and a couple of dogs. Remember, he yeah, ate that one in the first one. Oh man, what a bad guy! What a bad uh, guy! And I, you know, I personally, I, I love, just love the fact that this most recent one with Jamie Lee Curtis again just ignored all the others that came yes. before. And I know, I, I know there's a lot of people have a lot of, uh, there's a lot of fans of those, but I just thought it was a beautiful stroke to just go, no, what? No, we're just going to pick up all these years, just like we left them all those years ago. And I, I, I love that myself, but then I'm I, not as fan as a lot of those. A lot of I those. couldn't agree with you more. You know, I've got enough love in my heart for both the series and the way that it jumps. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean I, I'm with you, Jamie. I love, I don't like I don't like either of the zombie versions very much. Um, but um, even the the you know the bad from the you know the whole first chain, the like number four, uh, number five, number six. Oh my god, <laughs> all right, that movie's terrible. But um, uh, but I do enjoy them all, right? And, and and I do have a lot of affection for them all. But I think one of the reasons that that for example number six with Paul Rudd was so bad was because they had to work so hard right to make all of those different threads still tied together so right. i think that i think that it was almost 
a ludicrous notion that we could launch a whole, you know, another series of films that had to work with this shady uh, corporation who, you know, who mated Michael Myers with his niece and, yeah. and <laughs> like, oh, it had just gone too far. Yep. So I, I feel like um, yep. not only uh, was it, did it, did it for, for a lot of people like George, you just it took the best one and then created a whole new series based on that. Even for all of us who liked it, it it was a it was a, a, a it would have been a, just a fool's errand to try to continue on with that. I as agree. Insane as that storyline had become. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. As a matter of fact, I, th- I think wasn't she killed? In yeah. you know, so yeah, you couldn't have even done it. Well, no, trust me, they could have done it. That was like it was like a reality TV show. Yeah, H two O maybe. No, no, that's the one. She killed him. She, she cut, his, cut head his head off. Head off with the axe. Right, right, right. Hard to come back from. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that was, what, seven, and then eight. Uh, eight. Resurrection. Insane Asylum, uh, because she dreamed that she cut his head off. And there was a reality TV show happening in his home. But first, he went back and killed her. So, yeah. That was the one with, like, the rapper, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. See, I, I blocked some of that out. <laughs> Well, awesome. You know, I I think you may be right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so better off to just just cut it and and go back and and pick it up uh, from the first one. Yeah, I thought it was really the the only move to make. Yeah, Yeah, and they did, I think, an incredible job. You know, I've watched it maybe three times already, and it's just, it it melds and meshes so well with that first one. You know, oh, great, great pick, great pick. Um, well, okay, gosh, already. Now we're at our number ones. Yeah. Guys, numero uno, lay it out for me. Well, again, we're we're gonna go uh, revisit, I think. So Amity Island is our number one. Oh. Um, we love that. You know, George has uh, uh, obviously, as he said, he's got some real deep connections to that deep. to that mm-hmm. story, I, to that movie. It's one of your all-time favorites. Yeah, movies. I've seen it so many times uh, because of the love was started with uh, when the book came out. And then, as I said, we saw him filming a little bit of it. And then it was one of those movies as a kid where they used to let you, if you would go to an early show and, and never leave, they wouldn't kick you out. So I, I honestly would stay and watch a movie, watch it like three times in a row at my local theater, just sit wow. there. Uh, yeah, so I've yeah. seen it a lot of times yes. and it's one of my all time favorites. And uh, yeah, Amity Island, is uh, is is hard to beat, and now you've given me something else to be intrigued about. I'm gonna go look up. <laughs> I'm gonna go look up that cold case. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you and TGN would, would be great together because she loves that movie. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. She loves it. One of those that we often talk about movies that if you just you're just flipping channels and it's on, and it's on you're you, done. you put the remote down. Yep. I don't yep. care where yep. it is. Yep. I'm done flipping. Yeah. 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 How, have you ever seen that Mythbusters that they do about Jaws? No, no. Uh, but I've heard about it where where you could kill it with the uh, with the the tank. Is yeah, they, they put it into a cargo canister and see what would yeah. happen if they shoot it. Right. It's a it's a great watch because the whole episode is all about that. They bust like or they try to bust three different uh, parts about the film. Well, the, so. the thing about it is though, even if regardless of how that turns out, it's such a better ending than the movie. I mean, than the book. <laughs> Because yeah. if anybody who hasn't read the book, spoiler, at the end of the book, the shark just dies on its own. Just Nothing it happens. It's just tired. It just <laughs> dies. And, um, I the, feel like that sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the way they, they came up to, uh, 
to finish out the the end of the the shark in the movie was just so. I mean, after all that, we got to have something like yeah. that. We yes. got to have yes. loads of yeah. 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 What What did you think the killing of number on number two? Uh, yeah, the the electrical yeah. cord there. Um, you know that movie is such a letdown from oh. the first one. Um, in so, I mean, in so many ways. Um, but I guess it's all right. It, you had to do something on par with the heroic. You know, Brody had to come in and be the hero again. Um, but that's yeah, that this it's such a big letdown. But I suppose just for an ending, it's okay. I like it. I like that ending. I do too. I, do. I mean, the, the, the doggone thing ate a helicopter, you know, you got to right. give me props. <laughs> it's like he's flossing at the end, you know? <laughs> well, my number one is a quaint little town sitting on a nice, sweet little bay in California, the city of Port Antonio, home to KAB Radio. Nice. <laughs> nice. Of course, I'm talking about the movie Fog. Yeah. Uh, uh, this is um, not only one of my all-time favorite movies of all time. Uh, this is a place that I so want to visit one day. Without the zombie leopard pirates. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it, it, of course, it's not a real town, um, but... It's Point Reyes Station in uh, Marin County on Highway 1, uh, north of San Francisco. Um, Tone, which you guys heard on the John Carpenter uh, show, that he actually worked with John Carpenter. Um, he's visited some of these areas where they did some of the filming. Uh, as a matter of fact, the downtown areas, um, he oh yeah, I know that place. That was a this and this hardware store. And that was, you know, something. And I'm just sitting here going, dude, just shut up. You know, <laughs> stop telling me this. He did have some great stories. Yeah, he does. He has some amazing ones. And um, he, is one the, of the stories. Is the real reason, is the real reason you picked this movie that today, as we record this, today is Talk Like a Pirate Day. I was not aware of that. <laughs> it is true. <laughs> Yes. Yes, that's exactly why I did it. <laughs> as soon as you said that, as soon as you, I'm like, I think today is talk like a pirate day. And I grabbed my phone and it is <laughs> another, another to celebrate. <laughs> and, uh, woo. And of course the, um, KB radio station, uh, it was actually a real lighthouse and Stevie Wayne is still, just one of the most incredible characters. Uh, I just love what Adrian Barbo did with her. Um, the ways that, you know, her, her voice took on its own life, not only when she was talking to the town, but just, I, I can't say enough about her, um, but love this film. And so to kill, to, to, to top off the kills. So we know that the zombie pirate lepers killed the six co-conspirators. Sure. So I did some math. And a clipper ship from the 1800s could hold upwards to 270 people. So if the entire colony fit on that ship, 276 people were killed. Wow. You are serious about your math. Uh, yeah. From the dome, as the New World Podcast says. <laughs> yeah, I remember talking about this movie when we did a podcast on DJs. We did. Early of on. Of course, Steve. Oh, Stevie Wayne for sure, yeah. because she is such I'm a sure part. that was number one. I mean, yeah. I'm sure it was. Uh, she is a great character. She does have a great voice. And um, 
be the the uh, lighthouse is not just sort of a great image, you know, and and ties in really well with the story about you know being on an island and a, and a clipper ship in the sea. But she's so isolated. It's yes. such it's such a when she's you know somebody go check on my son, please. It's mm-hmm. such a very realistic panic that yeah. you feel. Yes. Yes, I agree. And then that part, I just actually watched it again last night, that part when she's on the very top and she's got the two zombie leper pirates coming after her and she gets the hook in the shoulder, you know, you just, there's that part where she slips and her nails just screech down the top of it. I'm like, oh, so, so well done. Um, But that's why that's my number one. That's a good one. It is. Thank yeah. you. You you guys had some excellent pulls. I mean, you. just the taste of the, some of them were amazing. <laughs> well, like like we said, we're jealous. This is a good topic. It is. And one that we might steal down the road. <laughs> well, just to I, let you know. I give it to you. And maybe you'll talk about places like Ogden Marsh, Iowa, which I believe you already have talked about with the crazies. Yes, yes, we have yes, talked yeah, about that. You yeah. know, it's funny. A couple of the ones that we thought about, Cabrini Green. Oh, that, uh, you know, that's yes. A, that's a great setting. Um, Knob's End is a great setting. Um, yes, yeah. Birdie. That almost Pol- made the Poltergeist, list. Poltergeist, yeah. 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 That almost made the list. <laughs> Sunnydale, California. Yeah. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Woodbridge, uh, California. Yeah. Uh, Potter's, Potter's Bluff, New England. From yeah. Dead and Buried. That yeah. is a creepy-ass town. That is. That's a really well-developed <laughs> town unto itself. And Burkittsville from the... Oh, yeah. there with. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a lot of them that didn't make my list. One of the ones that I almost had as an honorable mention was Ogden Marsh, Iowa, from mm-hmm. the Blob remake. Right. That was actually filmed about 20 miles down the road uh, from us in Abbeville. Yeah. Yeah, and so pretty much anytime you talk about that movie, somebody will go, oh, yeah, my brother was in that band sequence, and he's in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of like if you went to school with somebody that you know somebody that was in it. You know? That's so funny. But, uh, I do really, I always love that remake. It's just, you know, it came out at just the right time for me. I love that movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was, it was a lot of fun. I, I was just, I was 18 at the time, so I think we went and saw it maybe three or four different times. <laughs> uh, loved it, loved it. Wow. Well, guys, uh, I am, I'm just so pleased and tickled to have done this. Uh, I just want to thank you from the very bottom of my microphone uh, for being on the show. You know, and now you're obligated to be on ours at some point. <laughs> oh, you just named the date, ma'am. You just named the date. <laughs> so I'd like to thank all of you out there in the podcast universe, too, for joining us for this extremely special episode of Fave Five from Fans. We love putting out this show and we'll continue to release episodes every Friday. You can find us on the AOC podcast or you can subscribe to us at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, now on iHeartRadio, and really anywhere you catch a podcast. Please review and give us a five-star rating whenever you listen to us so more people can hear about Fave 5 and we can continue to grow the show like a mold. We'd also love it if you interact with us at Twitter at fave the number five from fans on our shiny new website, fave5fromfans.com, on Facebook, and on the gram, as the kids say. Yeah, yeah Lily, I know the kids don't say that, but it's on the script. We here at Fave Five from Fans are excited to be a part of the slightly irregular podcast network. You can find us at SIPNet on Instagram. 
And the SIPnet is a varied group of podcasters like the Terrible Terror Podcast, the podcast from another world, Dead Hand Radio, the Paranormal Bartivity, Anger Dead Podcast, the Back in Time, I'm going to keep singing it, From the Wastes, and us, Faye Five from Fans. And remember, folks, it may not be the best, it may not be the most popular, but if it's your favorite, then it's good enough for us. Guys, give me that golden line. Stay frightful, my friends. Hey, this is Hulk Boy from Hollywood signing off. I was toting my pack along the dusty when a mucker rode when along came a semi with a high and canvas covered load. If you're going to win a muck of mine, with me you can ride. So I climbed into the cab and then I settled down inside. He asked me if I'd seen a road with so much dust and sand that I said, listen, bud, I've traveled every road in this here land. I've been everywhere, man, I've been everywhere, man, across the deserts bare, man, I breathe the mountain air, man, I've traveled, I've had my share, man, I've been everywhere. Chicago, Fargo, Minnesota, Buffalo, Toronto, Winslow, Sarasota, Wichita, Tulsa, Ottawa, Oklahoma, Tampa, Panama, Matamal, Apollona, Bangor, Baltimore, Salvador, Amarillo, Tokyo, Ankyl, Ampadilla, I'm a killer, I've been everywhere, man, I've been everywhere, man, frost the desert bear, man, I breathe the mountain air, man, I've traveled, I've had my share, man, I've been everywhere. Boston, Charleston, Dayton, Louisiana, Washington, Houston, Kingston, Texas, Canada, Monterey, Ferry Day, Santa Fe, Tallapoosa, Glen Rock, Black Rock, Little Rock, Arkansas, Tennessee, Hennessy, Chippewa, Spirit Lake, Grand Lake, Double Lake, Cradle Lake, the Peaks. Like I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere, man. Cross the deserts bare, man. I breathe the mountain air, man. I've traveled, I've had my share, man. I've been everywhere. Knoxville, Oma, Black, Shuffleville, Jacksonville, Waterville, Costa Rica, Pittsfield, Springfield, Bakerfield, Shreveport, Hackensack, Cadillac, Fond du Lac, Davenport, Idaho, Jellico, Argentina, Diamondina, Pasadena, Catalina, see what I mean, sir, I've been everywhere, man, I've been everywhere, man, cross the deserts bare, man, I've breathed the mountain air, man, I've traveled, I've had my share, man, I've been Pittsburgh, Pocketburg, Ravelburg, Colorado, Elmsburg, Rexburg, Vicksburg, Eldorado, Laramore, Atmore, Havistro, Chad, Nugachaska, Nebraska, Alaska, Opelika, Baraboo, Waterloo, Kalamazoo, Kansas City, Sioux City, Cedar City, Don City, what a pity, I'm an everywhere man, I'm an everywhere man, cross the deserts bare man, I breathe the mountain air man, I travel, I've had my share man, I know some place you haven't been, I've been everywhere.